What's up? Hope you guys are having a great day today. Welcome back for another episode of the Matthew Spaziti program where we talk about financial freedom and economics. I'm pumped today. I'm having a really good day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I mean, I, I, seriously, I'm having a really great day. I guess it, I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, I was out uh, picking up groceries today uh, for a clickless order that my wife gives me to do. It's kind of a honeydew. And, you know, it's just, there are people outside. We've got this uh, artificial beach that's near the house. There's tons of people out there. Probably not as much as what would be out there on a normal Memorial weekend day, but it was great. It's just, I love the holidays. I love holiday weekends. I love seeing people out and about. I just, I love all of that. It just it energizes me to see kids out playing, to hear, you know, people just hanging out, enjoying life. And I just, I don't know, there's just something about it that just always makes me, gives me a lot of energy and just makes me really happy. So I hope you guys feel the same way. I know with COVID-19, seeing a big group of people outside is probably not what many of you are okay with. Probably many of you are probably scoffing at them like, you know, how dare they? They're getting other people sick. But you know, if you're listening to me, I certainly hope that that's not your opinion because I certainly don't feel that way whatsoever. You know, I think it's good. People need to get out. People need to, you know, go and start living their life. We, we, we can't continue this for forever, but that's all I'm going to talk about with regards to COVID-19. Not talking about COVID-19 today. This weekend is a happy weekend. Today is a happy day. And I want to wish you all a happy Memorial Day weekend. I hope that you're going to have a great weekend. And I highly advise, uh, make a day out of it. You know, even if you don't want to go hang out with other people, go do something special. Go get yourself some ice cream. Go, uh, I don't know, you know, screw being healthy for a day, right? Screw being healthy. Go do something fun. Maybe rent a movie. If, if you don't normally rent movies, maybe go rent a movie. Maybe play a video game if that's your thing. Do what you need to do. Make it a good day. Make it a good weekend and enjoy life because guys, we only get one, one shot at this. We only get one shot at life, right? And I'm not trying to say be immoral and, uh, you know, take leave of all of your senses and, uh, go ahead and give in to any kind of desire. I'm not a hedonist, right? Uh, that's not what I'm trying to say. Just enjoy life. Don't worry so much. Don't get so stressed. Get out there, live it. Time is the only non-renewable resource that we have. It's the only non-renewable one. I mean, you can always make more money. Yeah, granted, it might make be hard, but you can always make more money. Money is plentiful. Money is limitless, okay? There's an unlimited amount of demand and money out there. Seriously, there's an unlimited amount of wealth, and there's wealth in many different forms. You don't have to be wealthy with regards to money. Your wealth can be in gold, silver, real estate. You know, I don't know. Maybe you collect live cattle and land, whatever. I mean, granted, it's all valued in dollars, right? You can always value stuff with, with regards to dollars because money is nothing more than a means of exchange. It's a medium of exchange. But it's a medium of exchange so that 
people can engage and trade in a trustworthy way. This is very, very beneficial for having an economic system and one that is flourishing and prosperous. But, you know, you can be wealthy in many different ways. That's my point. <laughs> We're getting kind of in the weeds of that. Um, that's what I wanted to talk about today was really more personal finance related. And I wanted to talk about how, you know, there's really very few things in life that you need to go into debt for. And I hate debt. I absolutely hate it. I wanted to talk about debt. I wanted to talk about the positives and negative forms of debt. There are both good and bad. If you've ever read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know what I'm talking about. This is actually where I got the concept from, which by the way, I love the Rich Dad series. It's great. You know, I haven't read Cashflow Quadrant. I've, I've got... Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then I've got another one about the stock market. I think it's a cash flow your way into investments or something of that nature. And um, anyways, they're all really great books. Cashflow Quadrant, I've heard a lot of great stuff about. I do want to uh, read that one in the future. But really, the main idea of the Rich Dad series is to get you to be an entrepreneur, to go out there to increase your cash flow and stuff of that nature, which I am very, very, very much all about. I love that kind of stuff. Don't diversify your income streams. Diversify, you know, your investments in different asset classes, things of that nature. But that being said, what I wanted to talk today is about debt. Should you go into debt? Should you not go into debt? What are the types of if you have to go into debt, what are where sh- what should you go into debt for? What are good f- forms of debt and bad forms of debt? Stuff like that. So let's go ahead and jump into that topic. First and foremost, there are good forms of debt and bad forms of debt. The good, the best form of debt that you can have, a good, a positive form of debt is debt that, that brings in cash flow. So you go into debt for the purpose of investing in something and that investment brings in cash flow to you. This is a positive form of debt so long as the cash flow is bigger than the debt that you owe. Okay, so what am I? What do I mean by that? I don't mean that the the cash the item that you bought has to be worth more than what you owe. What I mean is that on a monthly basis, when we're talking about cash flow, we're talking about income. The money that you bring in via cash flow has to be higher than the money that you have to pay out to the debt in order to maintenance the debt. That's really what I'm talking about here. I mean, what is debt really? Debt is is future consumption being brought into the present. You are you are bringing consumption forward so you can consume more today at the expense of the future. Your consumption is going to be lowered in the future. Now you might find this kind of confusing. You might think that, you know, why are you Matthew, you always talk about consumption, but I thought you said it's savings and and investment that drive the economy. But I thought you've always said that it's savings and production that drive the economy, not consumption. Well, yes, that's very true. It's savings and production that drive the economy. Consumption, while it is a necessary thing, it has to happen. Otherwise, you don't have an economy. It is not the most important feature. In fact, consumption is merely a byproduct of a healthy economy. It is not the driver of the economy, which is one of the main reasons why I don't like Keynesian economics because uh, John Maynard Keynes missed this point uh, very, very much. But, you know, 
consumption does not drive the economy. Consumption is merely a byproduct of a healthy economy, a symptom of a health of a healthy economy. I guess you wouldn't really call it a symptom, but a byproduct is the best way to say is the best term to say. You know, savings and production is the driver of an economy. And, and let's really think about this. When you are saving, is that not an in inadvertent way? Isn't that not a roundabout way of consuming? Because if you save then the bank takes your money that you're saving and they lend it out to somebody else to use to consume, right? A long time ago, this happened all the time, but it didn't happen for the sake of consumption. The money that was lent out was largely in business loans in order to create loans for companies or maybe to reinvest in and remodel a home or something of that nature. Usually it was, well, m- usually it was much more productive and much more productive than even the modeling the house, unless you were going to flip the house or turn it into a rental property, you know, but o- overall, the idea back then was to essentially, you know, accumulate a lot of savings so that other people could lend it out so that the banks could lend it out to other people. You would accumulate a lot more money because you get like an interest rate of 12%. So giving your money to a bank was in akin kind of to a very, very low risk investment. You are investing in the bank by lending, by giving them your money for a certain length of time. They would in turn, you know, lend that money out to other business owners, which would then reinvest that money into creating a business and and having to hire and end up hiring people and it ends up creating production. So savings is largely another way of consuming. But again, this is not the the, the, um, the the main topic at hand. The main topic at hand is debt. So positive debt is debt that you go into for a business, a type of investment, something of that nature where you are going to be generating cash flow, free cash flow, right? So if you go into debt and your monthly bill is $120, but you're going to be making 150 that's still a positive form of debt, even though it's a plus $30, right? I mean, ideally, you would want something significantly larger than that, right? You would want something where you're going into debt for maybe 120 and you're really making more 240 So you're making double what you're paying. That's great. But that being said, that is a positive form of debt. A negative form of debt is what the United States and most Western society today is composed of which is where we go, is non-productive debt. Debt that we go into, and it doesn't create any kind of cash flow. It's just for consumption purposes, right? It's for a car. It's for a house. It's for furniture. Maybe it's for, uh, I don't know, something expensive that you find enjoyable. Maybe a computer for video games. Maybe it's a, for a very expensive instrument. Wh- wh- whatever. Well, you know, fill in the blank. Something that doesn't make you money, okay? If you if if you use the instrument in order to uh, play music and you get paid for that, that's a different story. That's not really what we're talking about. I guess you could classify that as a positive form of debt because you have to have that instrument in order to play for somebody in order to make money, right? You get paid for that. That's your job. So that makes that makes sense. But still, there's a certain amount where you went into way too much debt for a guitar. You could have gotten by with a lesser guitar or a different guitar, you didn't have to spend quite that much money, but that's a different story. So there are, so a bad form of debt is non-productive debt, debt that doesn't make you any kind of money. 
So if you're really thinking about this, you're probably thinking, yeah, Matthew's right. As I, I'm right all the time. But Matthew's right. You know, uh, the vast majority of debt in America today and most of Western culture today is um, no non-productive. It's bad debt. It doesn't actually help. The vast majority of debt is bad debt. Credit cards, car loans, mortgages, mortgages for pools, mortgage, you know, home, you know, loans that are for reinvesting in your home, like, uh, or uh, to refurbish your house or like remodel. That's the term. (laughs) Remodel your house, things like that. And that is bad debt because it doesn't make you any money. So, should you go into any form of bad debt? Well, unfortunately, in this day and age, so many people go into so much so much debt for really bad reasons. When I see people going into debt for what I define as a bad reason, it's like, oh, it's such a mismanagement of your money. It is not within your self your self-interest. Kind of like we talked about in the last episode. It's not within your self-interest, but you think it is. Right? And while value when it comes to prices and what we buy, consumer items or whatever we get ourselves into, value is subjective. So clearly if someone goes into debt for a nice house or a nice car and they end up going into debt a little too much, I've done this, you know, um, clearly I valued the car and the way the car made me feel over the the loss of, of consum- the ability to consume, over the loss of that income. That being said, though, that doesn't mean that it was right, okay? I very much believe that the money that we have, and I want to really do an episode on this. It's not economics or anything, but it is personal finance and is related to my faith. But I believe that God, everything we have is a blessing from God, right? Whether it's our family, our relationships, our homes, our cars, our houses, our money, whatever it is, your pets, our animals, it's all a blessing from God. He gives us blessings and he wants, and and none of it is ours. It's all God's. He wants us to be good stewards and managers of those blessings. He wants us to manage them, to take care of them, to grow them, to prosper with them. He allows us to use the money for our own, you know, benefit too. He allows us to use that money to uh, enrich our lives, to make us happy. So I'm not saying it's wrong to use your money for completely, you know, entertainment reasons. You know, if you if you find it entertaining to go and gamble at a casino, then it's not necessarily wrong as long as you're not addicted to it and you're controlling how much money you you are risking. Right, I, I don't like gambling and I would never recommend it, but I don't think it's evil. Okay, I don't think gambling is evil. Now, granted, a lot of people are like, well, but you're a trader. How can you not think gambling is evil? Or, of course, you don't think gambling is evil because you're a trader and you gamble all the time. Well, well, okay, you know, first and foremost, I don't believe that trading is gambling. There are different, there are different perspectives out there, right? I don't believe it's gambling. I think gambling is when you are purposely engaging for something you have no idea the outcome and in reality you're doing it for the emotional high that you could get that you could potentially be a winner but you have no idea what the outcome is. Now in trading we have an idea of what the outcome can be. We've done the necessary work. We know our odds, right? We know our chances because we've done the necessary work, we've done the back testing, we've created the trading plan, things of that nature. So that's not gambling. Gamblers don't do that. 
It's not like a gambler goes in and does all the statistical analysis when it comes to slot machines to determine how often they win or lose. It's not like they do the statistical analysis for, say, poker, although there are some people who have done that. And when they do that, I would start to say that that is no longer gambling because you know the odds and you know the game. And you know you have a good idea of the outcome. Now, you don't really 100% know. But for me, that's not gambling. Now, I know that's not the official definition. I know that's not how a lot of people define it. But for me, trading isn't gambling. If you put the necessary work in, it's not gambling in my in my opinion. But even if it is gambling, even if you are into gambling, I don't necessarily think that it's wrong. Even though all the money that we have and everything that we ha- possess is really God's, I don't think if you find personal enjoyment in putting it all on black and hoping it all works out, you know, I mean, hey, I, I don't think, I mean, well, first of all, don't, when I say put it all, I'm not saying everything that you own. What I'm saying though, is that if, if you find that is something that you enjoy, I don't think God would have a problem with that so long as you're not betting everything. You you take a very controlled amount, you go and have fun with it, and you're done. Okay? You take a very... You, that And that's it. I don't think God would have a problem with that. You, you, you set aside some money so you can purposefully have it for this, per, for this particular reason. You use the money that you set aside for it. And okay. Because here's the thing. Money or gambling, you can grow the money if you win, right? So you can grow the money. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that from a, from a uh, spiritual perspective or, or from a Christian perspective is what I should say. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But everything that we have is a blessing from God. So that being said, because of it, we are charged with managing it as well as we possibly can. Because if we don't, God could take it away from us with a snap of a finger. You know, he gives us these blessings to manage and to be good stewards of. And if we abuse those, then he can just easily take that away. Now, we shouldn't manage it well simply because, you know, he could take it away. We should manage it because he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, right? That's what I believe. And I believe that, you know, he's going to, you know, he gives us this money for us so that we can derive, so that we can grow it and derive joy from it. And not just the money. Again, it's, it's more than that. But money is primarily what we're talking about. So anyways, I think we it is our job to ensure that we manage our money appropriately. I think it's our job to ensure that we do not throw it all away. I hate I hate it when I see people do this. I see people getting involved in homes that are just really are going to require a massive amount of money to honestly, you know, remodel and make nice. And it's like you don't have you didn't have enough money to get into that home in the first place let alone the fact that you don't have enough money to, you know, DIY remodel it. You never should have bought that. Or, you know, I hate it when I see people getting into car loan, uh, you know, where they're paying five, $600 a month. They're paying a massive amount of money for this car. It's like, seriously, it's a bad form of debt. Did you really need to do that? That being said, though, there are two things in life that I think that you really should try. I mean, you should have it as a goal to never go into debt because the debtor is always slave to the lender. 
those who go into debt are always slave to the lender, the person who gave you the debt that you went into debt with. So in my opinion, we should always try to avoid debt as much as we humanly possibly can. Now, there, I've never owned a credit card. I never will own a credit card. I think credit cards are horrible. They charge you massive amounts of, of interest rates. Even if you have the ability to control it, you're better off without it. You don't need a credit card. They're just a form of temptation that you don't need on your life. You can build your credit score in other ways. I'm not like Dave Ramsey that says that your credit score is just your your history of debt and you know you should become so wealthy that you don't even need to use debt. Now granted, I agree with that statement, but I also understand that the vast majority of people are not going to be in that boat. And particularly if you uh you know, if you <laughs> if you if you treat things the normal way, if you if you take conventional wisdom, to heart and you actually practice it, you're, most people are never going to be in that boat. But I don't disagree with him. Because of that, I think there are two forms of debt that you should really limit to your life. And this is it. If you can avoid, it's car loans and houses. That's the only two forms of debt that I personally believe that you should go into if you have no choice. If you have to go into debt, car loans and a mortgage is the only thing you should go into debt for. Now, ideally, I would recommend, like Dave Ramsey does, to not go into debt for a house. If you can't afford to buy the house, well, he recommends that you do a 15-year loan instead of a 30. I would go a little farther than that and say that you should try to buy the house in cash. Now, I understand that the vast majority of people are not in that boat, but the vast majority of people don't have to own a house right? You don't have to own one. You want to own one. It's not an investment. Homes are not an investment, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to burst this bubble for you, but a home is a liability. It is a massive pit of money. Sorry. It's a massive money pit. It is essentially an anchor weighing around your neck. In terms of finances, that's what it is. It costs you nothing but money, It's not cheap. Renting is cheaper because you know what? When something breaks, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to pay someone to fix it. You just have call the maintenance people or you call your landlord and they come in and fix it. That's why renting is cheaper. The rates, what you pay in a rental rate, your rental fee can be either Sometimes it, it can be more expensive than what you would pay in a mortgage. If you, I mean, in Texas, that was the case for a long time. It was actually cheaper to, uh, at least on a month-to-month basis, it appeared to be cheaper to get a house than it was to rent. In reality, this is false. It was always more expensive to own because you had to fix the problems that came up. Garage door broke, $300. Tree fell over in a storm, landed on your house, a couple thousand. Your fence fell over, another couple thousand. Crap like this happens all the time. I moved into this house with my wife and garage door broke, drunk driver hit mailbox. The the fence is in terrible condition. We knew this when we moved in. That's going to need to be replaced at some point. The AC unit is original to the house. This is like a 14-year-old home. That's going to need to be replaced. Hot water heater is probably going to need to be replaced as well at some point in time. A house is just filled with ticking time bombs. But you know why we own it? You know why 
we move into homes because it's freedom. We don't have to share a wall with somebody else. We, if we want to change something, we can change it. We don't have to ask for permission. It's freedom. And freedom is expensive. Freedom is pricey. Much like the term, give me liberty or give me death. That is how expensive freedom is. So even though it's not an investment, I still don't have anything wrong with people buying a home. Hence the reason I have a home and I have a mortgage. That's the reason is because we wanted to be free. We lived in, you know, apartments for a long time. Now, if you can find a good house to rent, that's probably the benefit of both worlds, but it's still not yours. And technically, I would say that this house is not mine or my wife's. It's really the bank's. They're just not the landlord. So, guys, again, if you have to get it, go into debt, a house, so a mortgage, and a car loan, that should be it. No more, no less. No credit cards, nothing else. And if you can afford it, don't go into debt for your car or house. But I know that the vast majority of people can't own cars outright. They can't just go buy cars in cash or homes for that matter. I know the vast majority of people can't just buy a whole car in cash. I, I have done it and I intend to do it for the next car. In fact, I only have one loan on one car right now and I don't intend to go into debt for another car. When I'm done with this loan for, for one of my cars, I'm not going into debt. I'm going to buy another car in cash. That's, that's my goal. Now, you know, only time will tell if I can actually afford to do that, but that's what I hope. And that's what I'm shooting for. Unlike most people who are willing to go into debt five, $600 a month for a car that depreciates like a rock pretty much throughout its entire life. It's a terrible form of debt, a terrible form. At least real estate can appreciate. It doesn't always appreciate, but at least it can. There is no, there is nothing like that in cars, unless it's a classic car or a really high-end car that's more collectible and highly desirable. In that case, the car will probably maintain its value, but only to a certain extent, though. I mean, even Aston Martins are not worth what you, if you buy an Aston Martin brand new, even they're not worth what you originally paid for it. Many Aston Martins, as they continue to produce more as time goes on and newer models become available, Aston Martins depreciate. Sure, I think that Aston Martins are very, very nice cars and, you know, they are prob- they are collectible to some extent. So, yes, Aston Martins probably would, I would imagine that it would stop depreciating at some point because it is such a high-end car. But, again, it's not something that's going to... Uh, it's not, you know, they're still, they still depreciate a lot. So there are things that you can do to really help with this. You need to spend less than you make and save and invest the rest in industries that you understand. This is how you become wealthy, right? Now, your main job is to try to find extra ways of bringing in more cash flow so you can, you can do a lot of this stuff easily or at least easier than what you could otherwise. But look, I, I'm a, I haven't been a bus- business owner. Like this is the first time I've ever tried to do a business. And I can be honest with you. I've never had a credit card. Never. Neither has my wife. We've never had credit cards. We've always avoided debt as much as we could. The only forms of debt we ever went into were car loans and home mortgages. 
well, this, this home mortgage, this is the first one we've ever been, and hopefully it'll be our last. But when it comes to cars, for every single vehicle we've ever owned as a couple, we always pay a massive amount of money down on the car. So our car loans never cost us a lot of money on a month-to-month basis. Now, I'm not going to tell you the exact number. I, I don't want to brag about it, but I've, I've had a lot of people react saying, hey, how did you do that? How? You got your payments so low, it's practically nothing. How? And I would be like, well, we manage our finances very conservatively. We track how much we're spending, or at least we try to. We're not always perfect. We don't really spend it on a lot. We don't go shopping a lot, although we do spend it on going out to dinner and lunch often. Uh, We struggle a lot with that over the weekends. But aside from that, though, we really don't struggle with it a lot, and it, or we really don't struggle with spending our money a lot, and we, we also have certain accounts where we just automatically, we pay into our savings. So you, we make it like, we act as if it's a bill, right, that you have no choice, you have to do. So we take a certain amount of money, and we put it into savings each and every month. And it's, it's basically a bill. That's how it's treated. We, we look at it in that way on our budget. We have budgets and we monitor and we track our spending and we monitor and we track our finances. We calculate, we, we make extra payments on our debt. And once we pay those off, we take the extra payment, we apply it to the next form of debt. This is called a debt snowball. And this is an excellent way to get rid of your debt as quickly as possible. But, you know... That being said, though, I don't ever want to go into another car loan. I never, ever want to have another car loan in my life. If I can help it, I will never have it. Or the next car that I buy is in cash. I already have a car that we paid cash for. It's a very nice car. And you know what? Insurance is cheaper on it. The car itself is cheaper because we don't owe money on it. It's ours. We're getting very close to paying off the, the loan for the other car that we have. Guys, look. If you have to go into debt, try to make it only for a house. Try to avoid a car loan. But if you ha- if you can't, avoid it every, everywhere else. Only go into debt for two major things. Car loans, cars, and houses. That's it. And in reality, try to avoid even that. But I know the vast, again, I know the vast majority of people can't avoid a house or a, a loan, a mortgage when it comes to a home. And I also know that the, that the vast majority of people can't afford to pay for a car in cash. But I will say there's a much higher percentage of people that can pay for a car in cash than for a house. The thing is, most people set their sights too high. And because of debt, they want to own a car that is far nicer than what they can honestly afford. So when it comes to cars, they want to own a car that's, you know, far and exceeds above what they actually make. And this is something that debt has done. This is a way that debt has warped our minds into thinking that we can afford far more than what we really can when we can't. If you have to go into debt for it, you can't afford it. I can't afford this house that I'm in. I can't afford the car that I have. I can't afford the college education that I have because they're debt. But I'm working on paying them off and I'm working on never being in debt ever again. And I would really highly encourage that you do the same. Become financially free by being debt-free. Part of financial freedom isn't just controlling the source of your income. It's also becoming debt-free. Free of all 
at least free of all negative forms of debt that don't bring you any kind of cash flow. That is the best form of financial freedom. That is when you are truly financially free, when you are debt-free and you control the source of your income. Guys, I think this message is very powerful. Controlling the source of our income, you know, being your own boss, not having to you know, adhere to uh, what a company wants you to adhere to, not having to ask for time off for a vacation, you know, being able to decide where you go and what you do, not having someone say that you have to be here at 9am or 8am when, you know, every single day. And if you're not, we're going to fire you. Nothing like that. You know, uh, true freedom is, you know, another form of, of this is when you're debt free, You don't have a bank saying, I'm going to take your home away. I'm going to take your house away if you can't pay on it. Guys, these are empowering messages. I don't know about you, but I want that in my life every day. I want that in my life. I want this message that I can control my life. I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. I love that. I love that message. I love the message that I control my life. And granted, yes, things happen that I can't control, but I choose how I react to them. And I can influence the outcome because of my choice. No, I can't control the tornado that's going to hit my house tomorrow. No, I can't control the flood that destroyed my property and took my car away. No, I can't do that. But you know what? I know how to react and I can react appropriately. I can build up savings, have insurance, make sure that I'm well taken care of so that when those types of things happen, I'm covered. I'm good. I got the savings to deal with it. I've got the insurance plan to offset that risk. You know, I make enough money where I can just go off and buy another car in cash. No big deal. Become empowered by becoming financially free. That is an empowering message that I want in my life. And I hope you feel the same way. If you do, continue to come back every day. I love it. Share the show. I always like to ask people to share it with at least three people. Share it with someone you think is going to love it. Share it with someone that you think is going to hate it. And then share it with someone you're not really sure about. (laughs) You know, know, help me get this, this empowering message out there. And yeah, also don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and also don't forget to check out the website at newmillenniumwealth.com. But hey guys, if you'll do all of that for me, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a happy Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. Live your life, enjoy it, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. As always, know the risks, plan accordingly, and have a great day.